Hello and welcome to day 74 of our Bible reading course, where we follow Jesus' path of suffering to the cross. Today's passage is Mark chapter 15. Let's pray. Eternal God, whose love for the world is so great that you gave up your Son for our salvation, help me to know how much I am truly loved by you and brood over the words I listen to now, that they may become life and breath to me. Amen. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to get Pilate to release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, 
darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. At first light the Sanhedrin regathers, with the express purpose of planning their next move. They will take Jesus to Pilate and accuse him of claiming to be the King of the Jews, which will obviously be taken as political and subversive by the Roman governor. They will also manipulate the crowd to call for the death penalty at the appropriate time, a crowd that they would presumably also arrange to appear at Pilate's residence at such an early hour. Jesus refuses to answer the charge, or any others that are levelled against him by the chief priests. He remains silent just as he did at his trial the night before, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, who did not open his mouth. Pilate understands what's going on, but he's also aware of the tinderbox that Jerusalem was at Passover, so he grants the crowd's demand for crucifixion. John's Gospel gives more space to this part of the story, taking us into the real dilemma that Pilate was faced with, and yet expediency wins the day and he takes the less risky, if morally troubling, option. Luke also includes Jesus being sent briefly to Herod, which shows the benefit of reading the Gospel accounts together on some occasions, to fill out the events they describe. The title, King of the Jews, is latched onto by the Roman soldiers holding Jesus, who dress him in a makeshift emperor's robe, give him a crown and sceptre, and then mock and mistreat him mercilessly. It also forms the written charge that was affixed to the cross, as was done to every executed criminal. An interesting personal touch occurs with the mention of Simon of Cyrene, who carries Jesus' crossbeam, 
and even the names of his two sons, Alexander and Rufus. A man called Rufus, along with his mother, is greeted by the Apostle Paul at the end of his letter to Rome, which is probably the place where Mark wrote his Gospel. Did carrying the Lord's cross make such an impact on Simon that he and his family became disciples? Once crucified, Jesus refuses to take the customary pain-reducing drink, as he will embrace his suffering to the full. After six hours, during which he is taunted and insulted by those all around him, remember Psalm 22? Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. Jesus calls out the opening words of that psalm, Mark recording them in his natural tongue of Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi. Lemma Sabachthani. Compare Matthew's Eli, Eli, for his predominantly Jewish readership. After a brief drink, Jesus dies. The loud cry John records as, It is finished. Immediately two significant events occur. The curtain of the temple, which contained the presence of God, was torn from top to bottom and the centurion in charge of the execution declares Jesus to be the Son of God. The same words with which Mark opened his Gospel, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It's Mark's biggest inclusio of all. Jesus' body is tended and laid to rest by Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the very same Jewish Sanhedrin that had sanctioned his death. Clearly not everyone was on board with the plot. John also mentions that Nicodemus assisted him, so things had obviously moved on for him since that one-to-one conversation with Jesus. Today's application is simply to ask, what is my response to all of this? To deepen and reinforce my faith? to shed new light on something, to gaze quietly at the cross in love, wonder and awe, to say thank you with all I am, or to echo the words of the centurion, surely this man was the Son of God. Our closing prayer today is a hymn originally penned in the 13th century and set to music in the 17th. O sacred head once wounded, with grief and pain weighed down, how scornfully surrounded with thorns thine only crown! How pale thou art with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn! How does that visage languish, which once was bright as morn! What language shall I borrow to praise thee, heavenly friend? For this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end. Lord, make me thine for ever, nor let me faithless prove. O let me never, never abuse such dying love. Be near me, Lord, when dying. O show thyself to me. And for my succour flying, come, Lord, to set me free. These eyes, new faith receiving, from Jesus shall not move, for he who dies believing 
die safely through thy love.